0: Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. Today's subject, Christian Fellowship. Fellowship is a word that is often used today, but it is also a word that is prone to be misused. The whole concept of fellowship is basic to the Christian church. In a real sense, it can summarize the work that Christ Jesus came into the world to complete. Because of sin, the fellowship that had existed between the first man and woman, that is, Adam and Eve, with the Holy God had been disrupted. As a result, the relationship between themselves and between resulting humans became estranged, often marred by open conflict and violence. Jesus came to restore fellowship between God and people and in the process create a community of believers sharing a common life and interest. In fact, the Bible says you cannot truly have fellowship with God while rejecting the fellowship of other believers. 1 John four twenty, If a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who doesn't love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? The commandment we have from him, that he who loves God should also love his brother. What do we mean by Christian fellowship? The word fellowship is capable of a variety of meanings. Too often in Christian circles, it primarily means a little social time with refreshments. This is a common, shallow view and a reduction in meaning of a very important biblical term. At its most basic level, the term means mutual association around a common interest. For example... The crucial importance of fellowship for the early Christians is stated in Acts 2.42, which notes, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. These are basic acts of Christian worship involving assembling together and engaging together. Of the early Christians, Luke goes on to say in verse 46, Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Fellowship means being together for mutual benefit, as expressed in Hebrews ten 24. Let's consider how to provoke one another to love and to good works, not forsaking our own assembling together as the custom of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. These are two very important reasons for Christian assembly. The joint participation in the worship of God and the mutual encouragement of believers in helping us love one another and do good works, that is, deeds that demonstrate love in action. So from the beginning, the Christian church was marked by the sharing of fellowship among believers. But there's a wider meaning to the word fellowship in the New Testament. It embraces the idea of mutual association, but it goes even deeper. It means having a share with someone or something related to the Christian faith and experience. The term carries the idea of a common participation in Christ Jesus that is at the core of all true Christian fellowship. All believers have a common participation in what God has done in Christ for us. To enter this fellowship, people repent of living in opposition to God or facing away from God and turn in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. What binds Christians together is our common participation in Christ. We therefore share in the same spiritual life of which he is the source. Paul testifies in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. In addition, the Spirit of Christ comes and dwells in each believer. The same Holy Spirit dwells in all. The Spirit is the one who unites us to Christ and to one another. Romans 8, verses 8 through 11. Christ is at the base of Christian fellowship. He is the common denominator. This means that we are to take as our brother and our sister everyone whom Christ himself has received. We are not to receive or to reject people simply on the basis of our attraction to them. Further, racial and social economic grounds are not to be considered as a factor. Now, there are a lot of secondary truths that are important and should be considered in how we fully express our Christian fellowship, but Christ alone is the determining key. Now, the Bible does address itself to the observance of Christian fellowship, and it states several principles that should guide us in determining fellowship. Specifically, we are told to receive those who differ on matters of Christian liberty. So that's the first principle. We are to receive those who differ on matters of Christian liberty. There are certain things the Bible simply does not say are right or wrong. On these matters, such as dress, entertainment, diet, religious holy days, the Christian is free to choose under God a course of action. There is no certain mold that we must all fit into, and we are not to demand that ours be the standard and the basis of fellowship. Some fundamentalist Christians greatly err in this regard. Romans 14 and Colossians 2 address this matter. Here are some key verses, first from Romans 14:1 through 9, and then Colossians 2:16. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It's before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, or this purpose, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Colossians 2, 16, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Second principle, we are told to receive one another on the basis of Christ and our faith in him, not on fullness of doctrinal insight. It's not how much one knows, but who he knows that is the key. Certainly, there are core basic truths about the person and work of Jesus and God that must be believed. Otherwise, you have a different Jesus than the Christ Jesus of apostolic faith. This one in whom we believe, Jesus of Nazareth, is true God and true man in one person, the only mediator between God and mankind. However, there are very important truths and distinctives among Christians of various traditions but our fellowship is based on the knowledge of the common Lord. A third principle is that we are to receive all classes and kinds of people as long as faith in Christ is present. Although our society may give respect to persons based on race, color of skin, social and educational and financial status, all this is immaterial to Christian fellowship. We are to receive all Christians without respect of persons. This should be reflected in the makeup of our church assemblies and in our circle of acquaintances. Fourthly, denominational connections are not exclusive factors in determining Christian fellowship. Life in Christ, godliness of life, and soundness of faith are the important things, not organizations or distinctives of a group in secondary areas of teaching and practice. So four principles. We are to receive those who differ on matters of Christian liberty. We are told to receive one another on the basis of Christ and our faith in him. We are to receive all classes and kinds of people as long as faith in Christ is present. And denominational connections are not the exclusive factors in determining Christian fellowship. Fellowship of all believers is vital to the church of Jesus Christ. This fellowship is first of all with Christ and then with all who share in the one spirit of Christ, our Savior and Lord. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. The next time, the peace of Christ be with you.